Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to All About Fertility podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, I'm speaking with two amazing ladies, Kit and Christy. Both have very different stories, but nonetheless, they've bonded over their dream about becoming parents. And today we're going to talk about relationships. We're talking IVF and everything else in between. So I'd love it if you ladies can introduce yourself. Yeah, sure. So I'm um, I'm Kit Peters. I am on a soul level, a free spirited individual. I love the mm-hmm. ocean and nature and writing and dancing and creating. Um, and I am the daughter of two amazing human beings who will be listening to this podcast. And Fantastic. <laughs> um, are my biggest fans and the feeling is very mutual. I'm from a big family and family has always been so incredibly important to me and played a pivotal part in my life. Um, And I know how lucky and blessed I am to have a big and abundant family that is very connected. Um, How many brothers and sisters do you have? I just have a just. I have a sister and there's no just. She's like, she's my kindred spirit, my best friend. Um, She has two children who I play a very, very big role in their lives. Um, Mm. And they play a big role in my life. And I'm very much in love with them. Oh, lovely. Yeah. It's nice to have um, an auntie where, you know, they're able to go to and just get some time away from parents. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm I'm the fun time, but sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fun on. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and I'm, they can do no wrong in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And Christy? Um, I am... I'm a, an ocean swimmer and I absolutely love the ocean and it's also, um, I guess, I find peace and solace in being in the ocean and um, being around water. Um, I am an outdoorsy type of person, very sporty um, and love anything um, to do with the outdoors. Um, I am married um, and I come from a very la- large extended family mm-hmm. um, and I have a brother and a sister. Um, my sister, I guess, is one of my best friends. And mum and dad are the most amazing supportive people that I could ever imagine. Um, and they've supported me all the way through everything I've wanted to do and more. Oh, beautiful. So how long have you been married, Christy? Uh, I have been married um, almost four years um, but been with my husband for um, just over ten. And how did you meet? We actually met um, swimming at a swimming oh. club in London. Oh, you did your stint in London. How long were you in London for? I was there for seven years. Um, I went for a one-year working holiday and seven years <laughs> and never came back. I came home. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I think most- I've met many Australians. <laughs> <laughs> and Kit, what about yourself? Um, in terms of my marriage? Yes. So I was married for six years and with my ex-husband for 13 years. Oh, it's a very long time. So, yeah, yeah. so let's talk about yourself, Kit, and um, let's talk about um, your journey, your fertility journey. Sure. So um, where to start? I feel... um, because my journey's been behind me now for a fair few years, probably three years in total. Um, 
I started, so my ex-husband and I got married when I was 27 and mm-hmm. we sort of, you know, as young married couples do, we kind of thought I went off the pill and I was like, you know, we said to one another, if, if, you, if we fell pregnant, it, like it wouldn't be the, the worst thing in the world. Like yeah. we, we yeah. would lovingly open our hearts to having a child together. Um, there was yeah. never any formal conversation about, ch- there, was, there was talk about, we both knew that we wanted a family, definitely, but there was yeah. no deep conversation about what, like how would we approach it if we, if we had struggles having a family, etc. cetera. Um, mm. So after a few years of trying, well, not trying, but um, kind of, not not trying. <laughs> um, yeah. We kind of, we got to the point where we we're like, okay, maybe something's not right here, um, and we should probably go and have some fertility tests done, which we did. And um, because this is, I, I can't disclose our whole medical history, but um, yeah, essentially, we IVF was the only path for us. Um, mm-hmm. And I too have endometriosis, which has been later diagnosed after my IVF treatment. Um, So essentially we went down the IVF path in 2016 and to 2016 to late 2017. We had one full stimulated cycle and four beautiful, perfect um, PGD-tested embryos, none of which Mm -hmm. took. Um, and I, I had a chemical pregnancy in there as well, which they thought was the net mm-hmm. topic. And right. yeah, it was it was a it was a roller coaster for us. I think yeah. mainly because we kind of I feel like we both dealt with the challenge completely differently, and mm-hmm. <laughs> neither good nor bad, just different. Yeah. And I look back yeah. at that now and we were just doing the best that mm. each of us could do with what we had. So so how did you approach it differently? Well, I think for me, I started Together We Wait. Um, I've always been, I've always had this sense of unwavering optimism. Yeah. And sometimes that can get me in trouble because it leans sometimes towards denial. Yeah. <laughs> and- <laughs> But I'm I'm really conscious and aware of that now. Yeah. So I try and um, take myself back to the, the realist point of view. But um I started together we wait thinking if I'd like I just I needed the support myself, yeah. but also I felt this energy in waiting rooms at IVF clinics where women were sitting together, well they they were there present, but it wasn't really conducive environment to getting much of a conversation with yeah. one another and we were all on the same similar journeys and I really wanted to I wanted to connect and be understood by someone mm. um, and so I started together we wait with um, a, a friend Marnie Vale and I I've always I've always edged on so I guess it was a personality thing. I was always optimistic in trying to find a positive from a negative situation. Um, Whereas my ex-husband had had more of a real view on things probably. (laughs) 
And, Most men um, do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, probably we just we didn't we didn't grow at the same the same sort of level. Yeah. Um, we grew apart, and you know, I think that our journey just our journey just ended. I can't even really explain it now to mm. people, um, but I just know and trust that it was the right thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like there was I've I've learnt so much from that yeah. in terms of how I would approach a relationship going forward, um, because IVF aside as well, most marriages withstand some kind of challenge mm, yeah be it you know um children for example <laughs> having children is a challenge yeah. and 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 adjusting to that as well as you know nowadays caring for your your elderly parents you know there's so many different dimensions um so i think yeah for me like communication would be the key yeah um and communicating your needs in a really loving way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would have to say that is absolutely correct because, you know, when you're going on this uh, roller coaster journey of IVF, um, you know, and I always said to my husband, we we are a team and we've got to be on the same page and, you know, I don't know what's going to happen because I've I've never tried to get pregnant. Um, you know, I've spent the whole of my you know twenties yeah, and thirties yeah. trying not to get pregnant. So <laughs> when when um all of a sudden, you know, my my husband said that he wasn't able to to have children when we first met. Um, we had to to have that conversation, and I think you know the more you talk about it, and especially when you have the child and you're like well okay so how would you bring up a child you know so I remember asking all these questions and he was like why are you asking me all these questions (laughs) I was like but you know we've got to be on the same page because I believe in example you know disciplining (laughs) what's your stance on that you know so I I, you know I'm a big talker so I think we we spoke about everything um and Christy what about yourself um is it okay for me to say that I initially thought I didn't want children or I used to say Yeah, yes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this is the reality of it, right? And that's the reality of having the freedom to change your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it was um, like I, uh, similar to you, Ella, I spent probably the majority of my 20s trying really hard not to get pregnant um, and not realising that I actually had endometriosis and um, a few issues that would actually prevent me from getting pregnant. So um, <laughs> we, my husband and I ended up on a fertility um, path due to me discovering that I had endometriosis um, and requiring a number of surgeries in order to remove it. And the last one resulted in the removal of both of my fallopian tubes, leaving IVF as our only option. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we did a couple of IVF cycles over the course of 2019. Um, unfortunately, none of them were um, uh None of them worked Um, and we as a couple, I think, um, dealt with that in different ways Um, but ultimately I think it brought us closer together and it really made us assess assess 
like what we really wanted and whether we really wanted a family. Um, and yeah. if we did really want a family, which we do, then there were other ways of creating a family. So yeah. we're currently investigating those other ways of creating a family. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I, it's not until you actually think about having a family and, you know, embark on that journey, then the whole world of fertility opens up. I was talking to a friend the other day and I said, you know, if I hadn't have met my now husband, I wouldn't have even thought about what does it look like creating a family. I would have just thought, you know, okay, you get together with someone, you get married and you have children. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea that there was this whole world of fertility um, and it really opened my eyes. So, Christy, how, um, when did you decide that you wanted to have children? Was it because you had started to investigate and then you really, you know, then you had this desire to want children? What was your turning point? Um, I think one of my turning points was actually seeing how amazing uh, my husband is when he interacts with children. Um, so oh, all of my yeah. friends have children. Um, yeah. He's, he has a niece and nephew and obviously from his brother and I have a niece and nephew from my brother and just looking at the way he interacts with kids was one of the real drivers for me to say, actually, he's amazing with children. Yeah. Is this because, you know, why why don't I want them? Because quite frankly, when we're both together and we're around kids, um, we have a brilliant time. We really love being with the children um, or with our friends' kids mm. and we really love interacting with them what's stopping me and I think it was the thing in the back of my mind was that I knew that it was going to be difficult and I didn't want to face the difficulties yeah yeah I knew from because I had some previous um ill health that potentially it was going to be difficult um and mm. it yeah it was and it was well am I willing to I guess face the fact that um, I will require fertility treatment um, and also am I willing to put both or are we willing to put ourselves through it and how far are we willing to go? Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like your husband and yourself decided that, yeah, you were going to go all the way. Yeah, we did. Regardless. We did. Um, and Which, yeah. I know, look, I think a lot of the decision was eventually driven by me saying yes I want this um because my mm. husband would he had said to me from the moment we met um I will support you whatever you want to do um and he didn't put his desire or want for our family above what I wanted which I think is amazing but mm. also at the same time he yeah when I did change my mind and I, it's my prerogative to change my mind. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Are you on board? <laughs> yeah. When I did change my mind, he was on board. <laughs> um, and he was incredibly supportive throughout it. Um, I'm not going mm -hmm. to say that the last 12 months have been easy because they haven't been. Mm. But they, yeah. they have forced us, I think, to have a number of conversations that, we potentially would never have had. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So can you name one of those um, conversations? Well, I think one of them would be, um, you know, A, 
do we really want a family? Um, and B, mm. um, what does that family look like if we can't use my own eggs um, because of failed IVF right. attempts? Um, do mm-hmm. we go down an egg donor path? Do we go down an adoption path? Do we um, do we really want to go down any of those paths? <laughs> Um, mm, do we just mm. want to be really cool aunts and uncles? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think, and ultimately it's like, well, if we do have children, how do we want to bring them up? Um, who would, yeah. um, would they go to daycare? Would they, um, would one of us work part-time while the other one worked full-time? Mm. Um, what mm. school would we want them to go to? Um, how do we want to discipline yeah. them? Do they get screen time? Yeah. <laughs> you know that all comes into play like seriously it really does and that's that's how you find out you know whether you're both on the same page and parenting can be pretty challenging and I I think you know if if you're brought up in different ways or you have different ways of thinking how to bring up a child that's where no you know conflicts can happen we have to be on the same page as yeah, I say, I this team. On the big important yeah, things, at least. you do. And I think yeah. that was how I was yeah. brought up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my mum and dad were always yeah, a team and, you know, we kind of knew certain things we would ask dad for and he would automatically say, have you asked your mother? And you're like, well, no, <laughs> I'm not going to ask mum. Mm. She was like, well, what would your mother say? She'd say well, no. She'd say no. Exactly. So, well, why are you asking me? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, Kit, yeah. what kept you up at night during IVF? Um, oh, I'm a te- I was a terrible sleeper. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, 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 I sleep so well now. But um, yeah. uh, back in, in those days, I was, I was up uh, like all night sometimes worried. Oh. And I think it was, you know, it, it was the uncertainty of everything, but the anxiety about, for me, just the overarching big question mark about whether or not I would fall pregnant yeah. and whether it would stick and yeah. whether all the efforts that I had put in, in terms of, um, you know, because you, you do so much to control and I've learned so many lessons about myself in terms of, like, embracing uncertainty um, mm. stopping the control, letting go of that and allowing. Yeah. Um, but what, what look, reflecting back on that time in my life, what kept me up at night was, was probably, you know, the, the anxious periods where we're like waiting for your blood test results to come back. Mm. Um, the two week wait, which is really 10 days. Um, yeah. and, and just, you know, the uncertainty of it all really um and I think also a bit of the hormonal <laughs> um yeah. side of things but I think yeah it was mostly just the big question mark um yeah. around your future and what you I have always known that I I, I I'm a mum um <laughs> like I I I say that now because I'm mother I'm finding ways to I think every woman's a mother um, yep, you know, yep. I feel like we always find a way to nurture and yep. my way to a nurturing the world now is through together we wait and through my family and through like nurturing myself as well. Um, but 
I think at that point in my life, I was very attached to being a mother in that mm-hmm. real sense of giving birth to a child and 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 raising a child. Um, but and I think that that uncertainty of not having that and also I, I grieved the loss of not being able to conceive naturally. I don't know if you felt like that too, Christy. Um, but I certainly, for a lot, for a period of time, grieved that loss of just being able to be free with my partner, my my ex husband, and have that have that natural and normal. Like I, I mean, not that IVF's not normal because it's probably more common now than ever. But yeah. um, just to have like a romantic evening at home, yeah. and you know, to fall pregnant, it would, would I, I grieved that loss of not having mm. of having to go through the process rather than going through the natural course yeah 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 is that is that how you also felt christy um i there were times or a lot of the time initially i blamed myself um because the health issues were all on my own on, on my mm. side um and I think I spent a lot of time initially blaming myself um and then um it was and then I kind of got over the fact that okay that this was the situation that we were in um I am a control freak um and so (laughs) being in an environment like an IVF environment where Mm. yeah was um a real adjustment for me Mm. um and I think I as Kit says she's learned a lot about herself I have learned an incredible amount about myself as well um and just purely I've learned that the only thing that I could control in this in the environment was effectively what I ate and my reaction to a situation Mm. that was that's so true everything else was completely out of Mm -hmm. control I could only I could only control the things that um, you know I could control what I ate I control how much I slept and I could control um, how I reacted to situations um, and to you know at points I was a monster the drugs made me an same darling um, <laughs> wow I had such a different experience really yeah like I don't know what it was I. Uh, look, I at the time I was in HR and, you know, I was really concerned with the drugs making me absolute, you know, monster and, mm. you know, one minute happy and the next minute, you know, throwing things at someone. And <laughs> that's one thing that I wanted to avoid. <laughs> so, um, but at the time I was actually working with a business coach and we just went through strategies around, you know, if I was feeling overwhelmed or, you know, you know, felt like I was going to, um, you know, cry or something, you know, how I was going to manage that and how I was going to manage those stress levels in, especially in a workplace. Mm. Did you guys um, tell the people that you were working with, your um, managers, HR, what, what did you do in terms of that? I chose to tell the people I was working with. Um, I work with a predominantly male team. Um, I have male bosses um, and I had to have some really awkward conversations um, because um, a lot of them didn't even realise that 
I wanted children. Yeah. So um, we had to have some very awkward conversations to start mm. with, um, but they were kept informed throughout the entire process because as with IVF you can go through um and one day you'll be at mm. work and the next day you won't be because all of a sudden your eggs are being harvested yeah. and then you need a few days mm. off um and I felt I actually felt that um oh first of all I'm a rubbish liar. <laughs> um, and so you have to tell the truth <laughs> second so I had to tell the truth. And second of all, I felt that transparency would actually only serve yeah. me better um, because whilst those initial conversations were um, some of the most awkward conversations I've ever had to have in my working yeah. life, um, they ultimately ended up when I was not in a good place um, towards the end of last year and I needed to take a week off because we'd had our last failed cycle. Yeah. Um, I was supported oh, fantastic. and I think um, I was supported, no questions were asked and I was I was basically told to come back to the office when I was ready. Mm -hmm. Now you can't you can't buy that kind no. of um, um, support yeah. and um, from an employer and I think you know there are a lot of people who don't tell their employers um, I chose to because I wasn't quite sure how I was going to react to people and I wanted my bosses in particular to be um, a bit more, I guess, socially aware than if a female started to burst into tears mm. in front mm. of them, there might be a reason yeah. for it. They just weren't being weak or emotional yeah. or yeah. a princess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I chose to and I think for, for each case is different but for me it ended up being one of the best decisions that I yeah. made. Oh, in terms of dealing with work and IVF. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, Kit, yeah. did you also tell? You did? I did, I did. I was lucky enough at the time to be working with, um, I worked for this amazing woman who had um, a little boy actually that I used to, he used to come in to the uni and um, I used to mind him <laughs> while she yeah. was in meetings and oh. he was, she was like struggling as a mum and, you know, yeah. um, she had three step, um, she had two stepsons and um, mm. she was so, I, I, I felt comfortable speaking to her about most things and I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. I'm quite open with, open hearted with people. Um, yeah. And um, I believe that we can all connect so deeply from a level of hu hum humanity when we share our vulnerabilities, not in a way of pity seeking, but in a way of finding strength and yeah. support together. Um, and so I shared with her and she was so supportive. And I, I remember on one of the, the um, non-viable transfers, I had gotten the call at work and this mm. is one of the things that I'm petitioning to change in the system. Can they please yeah. schedule the calls so we can choose what time or women can choose what time they receive that freaking yeah. call? So yeah, no, absolutely. Work, or they're not on their way to a job interview, mm. you know, that that news mm. is being delivered in an environment where they're really yeah. supported. Um, so yeah. I was at work and I had took a few minutes in the bathroom <laughs> and then yeah. I, I went back in and she just knew by my face, I think, when she came yeah. to my office that because um, she knew that she knew that I, I was waiting on the call and um, yeah. she's just like, go home. I, on the other hand, I actually didn't tell 
my place of work. Um, Not to say that they weren't supportive because I had an amazing boss. Um, I just think that I didn't want to get anybody's hopes up just in case it didn't work. And I didn't want to have that conversation Mm. if it didn't work. So, so yeah, I opted not to tell. Um, And yeah, yes, I told my family. I mean, they were back, back in England. Uh, I think at that particular time, it brought my husband and I really close because we just supported each other. Like, I think we spoke in such length and detail about this whole process How beautiful. that you know I I just yeah it was it was a time it was a really special time for us um and I guess I you know with a few people that I told um I guess at that particular time we just wanted to experience it together and yeah I guess we were in a, a little bubble yeah. and you know we were fortunate to for it to to work um yeah, but it was a bit awkward to then, you know, tell tell my boss after that I had gone through IVF. <laughs> she was like, what? Oh, my God, I've missed this whole part of your life. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, oh, I yeah. thought, yeah, I think give it my time, I would I would definitely, definitely say because people want to go on that journey with you, especially that, you're, you know, you see them day in, day out and that you're, you're working yeah. with them and, you know, they're your biggest fans at the end of the and day. And I think it also, um, I think it also educates people from a workplace perspective so like it's not just about you sharing your journey it's about educating them on what it's like for a woman to go through IVF because what about the next what about the next person and they may not have the same um, level of support from their spouse or the same relationship with their spouse or even have like they may need that extra support at work like everyone handles this different this process um so yeah I think I I, I'm certainly would I certainly would say do what's right for you absolutely no no one person's the same like choose and do what what serves your highest good first and foremost but um yeah I would never change my decision I would yeah always probably probably tell yeah now uh, Christy you're still on your journey and um we were just talking before this uh, about um you know the next stage because obviously with this COVID-19 that things are pretty much on hold how are you coping and how are you dealing with that and and how do you feel you're preparing yourself for the next stage um, I think in dealing with COVID-19 and everything being on hold, mm. um, I'm okay with it. This is something, as I said before, I'm a control freak. This is, but over the last 12 months, I have learned that there are a lot of things that I can't control um, mm. and that I need to be comfortable with those things that I can't control. Yeah. Um, COVID-19 is definitely one of them. Yeah. So um, I have taken this as an opportunity to say, look, I've believe that everything will happen for me and it will happen at the right time yeah. and it will happen when it's right for um, my husband and I. Yeah. Um, so in the meantime, um, I'm going to use this opportunity to um, try and relax and take care of myself during COVID-19. Um, that may mean I eat a little bit more chocolate <laughs> and drink a little bit more wine. 
But you do you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Whatever works, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Look, no, um, I think uh, out of the roller coaster that was fertility last year, um, COVID nineteen, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. <laughs> yeah. So you most probably deserve this rest, right? Just, you know, and that's the thing. I think sometimes I thought I'm certainly using this as, um, a, you know, a blessing in disguise. I don't, I don't know what the blessing is yet, quite yet, but I'm going to turn it around yeah. because I don't want this to, to beat me and I don't want to sit down and just wait it out without doing searching in yourself in order to, you know, come to peace with the next stage of, of your fertility journey um and it sounds like you're completely at peace with it I think um look I uh, I am definitely at peace with that I will need to wait um Mm. and I kind of I maybe in a, a really naive way I think you know good things do come to those who wait um yeah. and can be patient and I think yeah. IVF has taught me that patience really is um something yeah. that you need to learn um and yeah. it's be practiced and yeah. um it's this I'm using this as an opportunity to be able to work on my mental health um yeah. I think that yeah. obviously there's a lot of things that being that and being an extrovert I really struggle with social social distancing and not being around people. Um, yeah. So this is really an opportunity for me to learn a bit more about myself, um, yeah. a bit more about my husband as we share a kitchen table yeah. working. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the colleague you thought you never had. Yeah. <laughs> the colleague I thought I never would have, but he makes a very good coffee and a very good cup of tea. So, um, <laughs> of course, he's English, right? Yeah, he's English. Yeah. He makes a very good cup of tea. So, um, oh, nice. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, look, COVID 19 is obviously something that was completely unexpected. Um, yeah. I can't. I can't let it affect my outlook on fertility. I just need to be patient. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and some of your listeners might think, oh, you know, that's that's really, um, I don't know, maybe naive or um, like, you know, you can't just sit there and go be patient. Well, there's there are lots of things happening in the world and mm-hmm. um, I think that, you know, getting through being able to um, deal with the, I guess, the infinite timeline that could be COVID-19 and its effects on whether Mm. or not I will become pregnant. Um, Even if I did have viable embryos in Australia, we wouldn't be able to use them because of Mm. the shutdown of um, all of the fertility clinics and... um, and um elective surgery and like it's it's absolutely terrible and it's going to be heartbreaking for so many people um Mm. i think i probably am a bit more i'd say um 
advanced in my dealing with the situation because um, I've dealt with a lot of the grief I guess I had of not being able to use my own eggs last year mm-hmm. and needing to be able to wait to determine what that next step was. So, yeah. Kit, you've mentioned um, Together We Wait quite a few times. Can you just tell a little bit more about Together We Wait? Well, Together We Wait started back in 2016 off a Facebook post that I had written about how I think women, it was just an idea I was floating out there, um, and I, I think women going through IVF should mm-hmm. should get together. And then um, Marnie Vale contacted me. She was a friend of a friend, so we didn't know each other. And um, she said, um, let's let's get together because I, I completely agree. I'm going through IVF at the moment um, and we need to get this group started. So it started as yeah. in-person meetups, um, which was so, so beautiful. Um, and we would gather like once a month and just at a cafe or at a park and just chat. It was kind of like the mother's group mm-hmm. for women in IVF. Um and now it's, it's, you know, over the years it's transformed into, um, well, actually just this last year, since October last year, I've been working on getting it online and as a community that's more expansive, um, available globally. So my vision with Together UA is to create a solution-focused community that brings women together in IVF to connect, yes, but from the connections that I've observed over the years since 2016, what really is amazing is not just that, not just, but the lived experience and connecting on the basis of a shared understanding is beautiful, incredible, um, and so important for, for women's mental health and, um, yeah. and social well-being. Yeah, um during that time but it's getting curious as well and get and creating clarity in the process so it's a sharing of that information amongst one another that is so valuable um so I've seen some really beautiful things un- unwind throughout the process of connecting women in similar circumstances with one another to to share information and share their experience and oh, it's, it's incredible yeah it's a really yeah, nice group. Yeah. Um, it must be difficult now that you're, you know, we have to do everything online now. Um, or it could be, you know, um a great thing because you all can get together in the comforts of your own home with a glass of wine. <laughs> yes, oh actually a great idea. I might schedule a wine soon. Catch up. Um Absolutely. we do we do still meet in person because I like I want that to be exist still as a possibility but the online community will enable women to arrange their own meetups mm. with women in their local so it, yeah. it you can put in your radius and your area in there and you can just arrange to meet up with women yourself for a coffee mm. um so yeah it's kind of it's like the social networking app <laughs> for mm. women in IVF but it's got more purpose to that it's about solving problems together and giving them and giving women a voice too on platforms like this um who come through the community so that they're heard um so yeah 
that's just beautiful that you know thank you so much for creating something like this because you know I don't know I I didn't even come across this um together we wait when I was going through IVF to be honest um and I really searched for someone to to connect with who was going through a similar um Mm. experience to myself and I I found it so difficult to find um someone who actually wanted to meet up face to face because I'm a real face to face person yeah yeah and um, And you know yeah I think that's that's it it's um I often praise the women when they come to the meetups face to face because it takes a lot of courage it's such a deeply personal thing for many women um so it does take a lot of courage to reveal yourself yeah yeah no absolutely yeah, because but it's so beneficial. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, did you um, join Christy when you um, started your journey or did you start halfway? It was actually only after the last failed transfer. Um, oh. We were in speaking with um, our fertility specialist and she said, look, you know, while you're waiting to, or while you're, you know, deciding what's next, and I think you would really benefit from joining um, this support group. And um, yeah, I completely agree with um, I completely agree with her assessment um, in that it was a great support group to join. But uh, it's also provided me with connections for um, for to other women that you know were going through a similar thing or were going through IVF um, and um, look. To and being an extrovert, um, it you know it did help being able to talk to people. Um, I was lucky in that I had um, friends um, both in Australia and overseas who had gone through or were going through IVF, um, so they were able to support me as well. But from a distance, as opposed to in-person meetups, and I think um, or even weekly catch-ups. Um, and so yeah, it, the online weekly catch-ups I think are great. Um, and also the in-person meetups were really like it took. I think me for me even as an extrovert, some, mm. bit, some I'm going to call it deep breath, gumption, <laughs> yeah. deep breath to actually walk through the, the door of the yeah. first one. But yeah, um, I think they've been really valuable. Yeah, oh, and I think we've we've all got to remember, you know, that everyone in that room is there for the same thing. Um, yeah. You know, we all want that support. Um, we all want that understanding, and we all want to find that community, that tribe to, you know, yeah. to rally around you, to, you know, to to cheer you on. Yeah, and and hold space for you, which yeah. is yeah, yeah. Oh, fantastic! Well, you're doing a brilliant job. Um, how can someone find you? Together we wait. Yeah. Um, just go over to our website togetherwewait.com.au and you'll see there's a link to join the community um and the community is hosted by mighty networks which is a u.s um platform and it's incredible it's like no other (laughs) i love it have you found it good christy to use um yeah it's it's a it's different to what i've used like to anything i've used previously and um uh, yeah, it's really easy to use um, yeah. and also really um, the app's great as well. Now, I would like to know what advice would you give your 20-year-old self knowing what you're going through now? 
So just that's <laughs> with you. <laughs> Do you want to go, Christy? Um, I would say to my 20-year-old self, um, be a bit more certain about what you want. And if you really want, like, if you really want a family, just say that you really want a family. Don't worry about um, <laughs> that it might be hard yeah. um, because I think, I, I think I was quite naive in my late 20s and thought that you know, everything would just flow and be easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they, just because you think something's going to be super hard um, to do doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. So just, like, confront the problem and deal with it and deal with it head on. Excellent advice. And yourself, Kit? Um, well, actually, I have, I've just looked up at my uh, at a comment that I wrote down last week <laughs> and it's prompted me to answer this question. So a mentor said to me last week, I'm a very driven person mm. and determined. So I go headfirst into everything mm. at a million miles an hour. <laughs> and she said to me, she said to me, look, if you could just take some baby steps, we're yeah. very, like, honest with one another, maybe one day you'll be delivered a baby to step with. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, you know what, that is my 20-year-old self-advice. Slow yeah. down. Slow yeah. down and trust in the timing of your life, I think, yeah. would be, really be present and just allow, accept and trust. Awesome. That's such so, great advice. Yeah, I need to take it now. <laughs> and, you know, that's a great advice for people right now, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> In my true. 40s, that I could still do that. <laughs> well, ladies, thank you so much for taking the time out um, to talk to me this evening. It's so appreciated, um, you know, just having this chat and... You know, hopefully it's helped some people out there who's listening to this podcast. I know it's helped me also because, you know, I myself is, um, well, we were going for our next round in May, but whether that happens um, is another thing. Um, But yeah, so um, it's uncertain times at the moment, but one thing I think we can all agree on is that life doesn't have to stop. No. No. <laughs> and uh, and we can find purpose. Yeah, we can find purpose, absolutely. Yeah. And the silver linings. But um, thank you so much for having yeah, us. Thank you again. It's been great talking to you, ladies, and have a wonderful yeah, evening. Yeah, I loved it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.